Psalm 65 and 1 is where we're going. Good to see everybody here. My family is always good to be with my family. And I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Psalm 65 and 1 says, Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion. And unto thee shall the vow be performed. I'm going to preach this evening, Praise Needs a Captain. Would you pray with me? Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day, this opportunity to be in your house. God, you know who's here. You know the need and the situation. I pray that liberty would set upon us right now, God, that freedom. I'm asking for a boldness to sweep into this congregation, God. We're not just going to go through the motions this evening, God. There's a purpose for us being here tonight. Let us meet that purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. The term captain means placed at the top or the top most. In, In the professions that have a captain, this would be true. For most of them. The captain's responsibility is a tremendous responsibility. It's a very big responsibility. He has a lot of requirements. He has a lot of uh, agenda. There's a big agenda. There's a purpose. There's a plan. There's something he has to get done. If things go well, the captain gets the praise. If things go bad, the captain gets the praise for that as well. Uh, You find a captain in many different areas. There's captains of military units. There's captains of aircraft, of spacecraft, of water vessels. Uh, You can walk into your local fire department and you can find a gentleman that the firemen all call captain. You can walk into your local police station and all the officers there refer to somebody in that place as captain. They don't even have to say their name. It's not Mr. Captain King or uh, Captain King. It's just captain. They just call him captain. The election precinct has a captain. A lot of sports teams have a captain. There's a uh, basketball team. They will appoint a captain of the team. The football team of hockey, they have captains. Baseball teams have captains. When we go to uh, camps, uh, we'll pick two captains and they will pick their team. Uh, you know, A lot of you don't remember this, but uh, we this used to be a, a grassy field where we're standing now and uh, this wall right here was the outside of our gym, and we we did two things inside of that gym. We played basketball and got in fist fights. That's what we did in the gym growing up there. We'd go in and play ball after every Sunday night, and we would pick captains. The captains would pick their teams, and they had strategic ways of thinking. You know, they would want to look at the people they were picking from, and the captain, each captain thought differently, but they wanted some height. They wanted some speed. They wanted somebody that had... Uh, some uh, bigness, big body, you know, they could get in the paint. They, they thought it out. They planned it out. That was the captain's responsibility. That was on the captain. It was not the teammates that did that because the captain picked the team. You can find captains in industry, men and women that revolutionized Americans, America's economy. Uh, uh, you can find captains in all areas of life. Uh, The role of a captain is taken so seriously that in 2012, a captain of a ship, uh, as it was uh, hit, hit something, hit a a rock or land or something, and a hole was in the side, and the captain left early, and he left early, and 35 passengers passed away in 2012. They arrested that man and charged him with 35 different 
accounts of manslaughter because he was supposed to be the first one on the ship and he was supposed to be the last one off the ship. It was the captain's responsibility. This is not a new position. This is not a new term. This is not a new way of thinking for humanity. In Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse 9, And it shall be when the officers have made an end of speaking unto the people that they should make captains of the armies to lead the people. We find another passage in Numbers chapter 14 and 4. And they said one to another, let us make a captain and let us return into Egypt. When God's people were walking in the direction that God wanted them to walk in, they wanted a captain. And when God's people wanted to walk the other direction, they wanted a captain. They wanted somebody over them. They wanted somebody to lead them. Nehemiah talks about the children of God wanting a captain to take them back into Egypt. There are famous captains in the word of God. You can read in Judges chapter 11 and 6. And they said unto Jephthah, come and be our captain that we may fight with the children of Ammon. Throughout scripture, there's terms of captain used over and over and over. Many times it gives the person's name. It gives the lineage that he comes from. It gives how many people he was over. It gives the tribe. It gives everything about him. It talks about captain. Captain is mentioned over and over and over again. One of the most famous captains in the word of God. Not the most famous, but one of the most. Is found in 1 Samuel chapter 10. In verse 1, then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, It is not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance. This is the prophet anointing Saul to be king or captain, if you would. This made a lot of sense because Saul was head and shoulders taller than everybody else. Scripture says he was a goodlier person, is what Scripture says. So when you look at the people that he was leading, the meanings of the tribes, their names, one tribe meant to wrestle. That's what they were known for. That's what their name was, to wrestle. Who would you want to wrestle? You, somebody head and shoulders you want on your side. Saul, when it comes to that right there, you want Saul to be on your team. You know, that's who you want. So if you have wrestling on your mind or you're known for strife or anything like that, you want somebody that's big. And that was that was Saul. Another tribe's name meant to hear. Well, Saul was a good listener at many times. Uh, that's something he was known for at many times. He was uh, soft-spoken. He wasn't quick to speak. Matter of fact, a lot of times he was the last one to speak. Another tribe meant to judge. You know, they thought that Saul could be fair because Saul didn't really have an agenda at this point. He did not pursue this role in his life. Matter of fact, you could almost argue that he ran from it at one point. He did not chase this down. So when these people begin to investigate who they want, it looks like Saul is a good option. Numbers chapter 2 and verse 3, and on the east side... Toward the rising of the sun shall they in the standard of the camp of Judah pitch throughout their armies. And Nashon, the son of Abinadab, shall be captain of the children of Judah. There was another tribe in that group of people that were used to having captains. And that name was Judah. Which we know Judah means praise. Did anybody know that tonight? Judah means praise. When you say Judah, you're saying praise. So in Numbers 2, it tells us. The individual that was the captain of Judah. It tells us the individual that was the ruler of Judah. The leader of Judah. 
This was the captain of praise. Praise expected to have a captain, as all of the tribes did. They all wanted one. When things were going good, they said, give us a captain. When things were going bad, they said, give us a captain. All the tribes wanted a captain. Numbers 2 tells us who the captain of Judah was, who the captain of praise was. They wanted a captain. When Saul came into the picture, we hear Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. A lot of times we let David's testimony outweigh Saul's and it was a bigger testimony. But Saul slaying his thousands is still a good testimony. That's huge. That's great. He's slain thousands. Well, all right. Judah says, that sounds good. That sounds like I I could use somebody like that. He sounds like a real go-getter. He sounds like somebody that's got to be on my side. Because Judah has to have a captain. Here's why Judah has to have a captain. Because Judah's a gold digger. You didn't know that, but Judah's a gold digger. We find one day a young man was cast into a pit. And they were going to leave him to die. They knew that he would die. And one brother out of the kindness of his heart spoke up and said, let's sell him. Not so he doesn't die, but so we can make a profit. Would you like to take a guess which brother said, hey, let's sell him. It was Judah that spoke up and said, why don't we just sell him? We'll make a little money out of this transaction. We'll, we'll get, make a little profit. The Bible says, we'll make, what profit do we have if he stays here and dies? Let's sell him because we can make a little change in our pocket. In Genesis chapter 38, it says, And it came to pass at that time that Judah went down from his brethren and turned into a certain Adulamite whose name was Hira. Hira means noble. He came from a sophisticated family. He came from a good bloodline. Judah didn't have friends in low places. Judah had friends in high places. The very next verse, verse 2, And Judah saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua. And he took her and went in unto her. Shua means wealth. All through Judah's life right here, we find Judah liking the finer things in life. That's what Judah wants. Judah wants the money. Judah wants the friends in high places. Judah wants wealth. In Joshua chapter 7, we read of a story by a man by the name of Achan that went to Jericho. And he stole, what did he steal? Some gold, some silver, and a Babylonian garment. He took it back to his tent, dug a hole, and stuck it underneath his tent. Would you like to take a guess what tribe Achan came from? Achan came from Judah. You want to go to the New Testament. Judas is just a derivative of Judah. And Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Because Judah likes the finer things. Judah likes the high class, high society. Judah likes the money, the moolah. When you begin to read about Judah in the Old Testament, we find that Judah was not like any other city out there. They built and they prospered, the scripture says. They did much business. They had men of war and mighty men of war. They had castles. They had towers. They had cities of store is what the Bible says. Judah was the prep school, if you would. It was the church on the right side of the tracks. And Judah loves that. When they sing your favorite song, Judah loves coming out. 
Is that your favorite song? You go to conference, we get to climb the wall and bite the ceiling every service because there's four of the thousand people there. The environment's right. The setting's right. We like coming to the house of God and we wait for things to get just like we want them. If the anointing's flowing, we don't mind to run. Because Judah loves that. If everything's going smooth, we don't mind to praise, but Judah loves that. But Judah needs a captain to step up and say, hey, Judah, it doesn't matter if they do your favorite song tonight or not. I'm the captain, and I'm saying we're going to praise the Lord tonight. It doesn't matter if he preaches your favorite message. I'm the captain of Judah, and I say we're going to step up tonight. Judah has to have a captain in its life. This is another reason why Judah needs a captain is because Judah likes to be in charge. Judah is spontaneous. Judah is uh, impetuous. He's impulsive. Uh, He just shows up. Have you ever been standing in service, and out of nowhere, someone had just... Huckabucks across the front of the church. You didn't even know it was coming. Out of nowhere, you just felt like taking off running. So you just ran. You didn't show up planning on doing that. It hit you just right. You'd be sitting in the restaurant. They'd be playing a song on. You don't even know the song. And your foot's tapping. You hear the beat. And you're just bobbing your head. And I can't go anywhere without my kids dancing down the aisle. Dad, we're worshiping. They're worshiping some country song. They, uh, praise just flows out of them. Judah's impetuous. It just, it's impulsive. He just shows up when he wants to show up. He just does what he wants to do. The other day I was going through a song. I, I, I don't know this song. I was going through the store, and I heard this line of a song, okay? Shut up and dance with me. That song was in my head for three days. And that's the only part I knew. Shut up and dance with me. Shut up and dance. Over and over and over and over. I don't even know the song. I don't know who does it. I don't know when it came out. I I don't know anything about it. That's the only line that caught in my mind at that moment. Because Judah likes to do what Judah wants to do. And Judah likes to do it when Judah wants to do it. But the text that I read to you. Praise God. Waiteth for thee. David was saying, I've got a praise planned. I know what I'm going to do. And I know when I'm going to do it. And I'm not going to give it to anybody else. Humanity loves to praise. All across this world, they'll fill stadiums. 100,000 people cheer over one goal. They go bananas. They just wait for it. And when that soccer player hits that goal into that net for 10 and 15 and 20 minutes, they'll dance around and shout because humanity loves to praise. David knew this. David understood this. David was good at praising. He was good at worshiping. He was good at doing his thing. But David also understood that Judah's not going to tell me what to do. And he's certainly not going to tell me when to do it. If I'm going to be the captain, I'm going to be the captain of all 12 tribes. I'll tell Judah when it's time to praise. And I'll tell Judah when it's time to dance. And I'll tell Judah when it's time to shout. I'm the captain of praise. You see... David said, praise waiteth for thee. I've planned this. I've prepared this. 
Saul could not captain Judah. That's why 1 Samuel chapter 13 and 14 says, But now the kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people. Why was David so different? When David went to get the presence of God and he came back. And he danced every six paces. And sacrificed. Gave to God. Michael persecuted him. Not because he praised she knew Michael. Michael knew David was a worshiper. She knew he was a praiser. She knew he went into daddy's and played the harp and sang worship to God. And that was the only way that Saul could sleep. She heard the story of him standing in front of the giant giving praise to God right before he slayed the giant. She heard the stories of David's reputation. She knew that David was a praiser. And as a matter of fact, the Bible tells us that Michael loved David dearly. She loved David. She understood that David was a praiser. But when he came back, she criticized David because of where he praised God. You praised him in front of all those people and danced shamelessly before him. She was not upset that he praised. She was upset of where he did it and how he did it. I'm telling you right now, it's, we got, we're okay when praise hits us and the drums are beating and the music's singing and the anointing is flowing. We accept that kind of praise. But what would happen if somebody would say, I ain't got a goosebump, one. I ain't feeling a shout at all, but I'm going to tell praise when it's time to praise. And I'm going to tell Judah when it's time to shout. And I'm going to tell Judah when to lift the name of the Lord up. What if we did not come to church hoping they would sing our favorite song? But what if you woke up on Sunday morning and said, Tonight, I'm going to dance if they do all three slow songs. Tonight, I'm going to run 12 laps. If it's got to be in the middle of preaching, I'm going to get it in. Why don't you prepare a praise for God? Stop waiting for Judah to show up. And why don't you tell Judah when it's time to show up? Stop waiting for Judah to be impulsive and tell Judah it's time to praise. My praise waiteth for thee. My praise waiteth for thee. I'm not going to give it to anybody else. I feel like praising sometimes. I feel like nodding my head when I'm walking through Walmart saying shut up and dance with me. But I'm going to hold it in till I can get somewhere where I can give it to God. I'm going to hold it in till I can get in the presence of the Almighty and give it to God. I'm talking about being the captain of praise. Stop waiting for the perfect service for you to have a breakthrough. Why don't you captain praise? Why don't you tell praise? I'm going to break through now. I'm going to praise now. I'm going to do right now I'm the captain of praise I'm the captain of praise I've prepared it I've prepared it it's waiting for you David stands before a king if this king finds out his identity he's in trouble scripture says he feigns himself mad he begins to praise in a way that he's never praised before now listen, if you wait till you get to the situation to praise, the situation's going to beat you. It's going to beat you. 
If you wait till Sunday morning to decide whether you're going to go to church, you're going to miss 50% of the time. That's why you make up your mind before you get there. I just wonder, David said in Psalms 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I don't think it was a coincidence that David stood before that man and started dancing. Because as he was standing before that king, knowing his life was on the line, you want to know who Judah was? Judah was nowhere to be found. Because that's not Judah's scene. Judah don't, Judah don't like trouble. Judah don't like the enemy. I told you, Judah's a gold digger. Judah wants high class. Judah wants pitch perfect singing. Judah wants all the instruments. Judah loves that kind of stuff. That's what Judah wants. But David's standing before this king right here. And I just believe, believe what you want to, but I just believe when he woke up that morning not knowing he was going to stand before the king, he had already said, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. He already said, no matter what comes my way today, I've got a praise waiting for you. Because praise, don't tell me what to do. I tell praise what to do. I tell praise when it's time to dance. I tell praise when it's time to shout. I'm the captain of praise. I tell praise. We make these men in the scripture out to be heroes, superheroes. And they're heroes in the faith. They deserve honor and respect. They deserve a lot of it. Wouldn't be here without them. But you cannot tell me for one second that Paul and Silas felt like praising God in that prison. They did not feel like it. How do you know? Because they were flesh and blood. Just like you and I are. Do you feel like praising every time you come into the house of God? Well, how would you feel if you were sitting in a prison somewhere bound in chains? You wouldn't feel like having church. Praise just wouldn't be flowing out of you. Because praise, you don't like that kind of stuff. That's not where praise lives. I told you. Praise likes to be spontaneous. And praise likes to do it when the situation is just right. When everything lines up the way it's supposed to line up. And then praise will come out. But I know Paul and Silas sitting there that day. They said, wait a second. I don't feel like it. And I ain't got a song in my soul right now. But I'm fixing to tell Judah. It's time to wake up and meet me here. Because Judah does not tell me what to do. I tell Judah what to do. I'm the captain of praise. Judah listens to me. If I feel like clapping, I'm going to clap my hands. If I feel like jumping, I'm going to jump. If I feel like stomping on the devil, I'm going to stomp on the devil. If I feel like dancing, I don't care if you do or not. I'm the captain of this Judah. I tell praise what to do. Stop waiting for praise to get comfortable and start commanding it to move. You're the captain of praise. You're the captain of praise. Did you hear what I said? You're the captain of praise. Do you understand the world that we live in right now? Fear is crippling. Not just the world, 
But it's trying to cripple the church. It's trying. We live in a world right now where most more saints are coming to the house of God battling the spirit of fear than we've ever dealt with before. Because it's uncertainty. Because we, we, we don't know what tomorrow holds. They got shows, doomsday preppers. That's a bunch of junk right there. Some lady walked up to me in my church a few weeks back and said, The Lord told me we need to start stocking up on water. I said, Well, he told me and Daniel that they that know their Lord shall do great and mighty exploits. That's what he told me. You see, the enemy's trying to strike fear all through the hearts of the people. And if we wait for the perfect moment to get rid of fear, it's not going to happen. How long do we have to go? Now, look, I, this is my home, one of my favorite places on earth. But I know you don't have fireball church every service because you're flesh and blood just like my church is. We throw down some nights and other nights I say, why did we even come? What, what nothing even happened. Half the people were gone. The choir sang in the wrong key. I didn't even preach that good. It didn't even feel, nobody felt like showing up. If we wait for the perfect moment, we're never going to have that freedom. That's why you've got to put it in your spirit. Praise. I don't need the perfect moment. Whenever I want it, I can tell you it's time right now. If I want freedom to dance, I'm going to dance right now. If I want freedom to run, I'm going to run right now. If I want freedom to weep, I'm the captain of praise. I tell praise what to do. I tell praise what to do. Would you stand? I'm coming to a close right now. I need you to lift your hands for the next few minutes right here. I want everyone that, that has the gift of the Holy Ghost to allow it to flow through you right now. I prayed for boldness to come in this service tonight. I prayed that God would raise up a captain tonight. I don't care if everybody does it, but I believe somebody here is going to receive it tonight. If you have the Holy Ghost, why don't you let the Spirit start speaking through you right now? Why don't you let it start flowing through you right I can't hear you, church family. Come on, lift that voice. Lift that voice. Let that Spirit of God move through you right now.